Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Thank you again uh, for coming to this meeting. This is this is the I think the fourth or fifth time we're doing our sort of adult series uh, of financially clean. Um, for those who don't know about financially clean, you know it, it's an initiative. We're a nonprofit, a five hundred one c nonprofit that was founded back in twenty fifteen, uh, and we're dedicated to basically spreading financial literacy. We started first by going into schools, high schools and middle schools, teaching kids, but realized that you know, all this information was very relevant for people who, you know, are further down their lives and careers and, you know, everyone can benefit from um, better advice and, and developing what we call a, a wealth mindset, which Sean's going to get into. And so, you know, we're happy to have you guys as part of this journey here. It's going to be seven weeks. You know, this first one is going to be a very high level, very uh, high level introduction, but nevertheless, very important. So hopefully you guys stick with us through uh, the duration of the course. Again, if you have any questions, please use the chat. Um, and I just want to shout out Good Shepherd Services. Ben is on the line with us. Um, we're doing this in partnership with them. So thank you, Good Shepherd. And also thank you to uh, Borough, Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams for also being one of our partners as well. So with that said, I will kick it off to Sean to start the class. I'll say, Ben, do you want to say a couple words, Ben? Uh, no, I just want to thank... Uh... Financially Clean for partnering with us over the years. Um, also, to all my Good Shepherd folks who are on the line, thanks for showing up today. Um, and just a reminder that there's a separate Good Shepherd session after this. You have two links in your email. Um, and we'll be doing this for most of the fall. So I'm, I'm excited for it. And thanks, Sean, and th for connecting again. And thank you, Ben, for, for making it all happen. And thank you, everybody that's joined on. Jeff, are you on as well? I don't hear Jeff. So just so you guys know that are on the team consists of myself, Sean Linda, uh, Larry Tang, um, Adam is on and so is Kevin. Is Adam and Kevin on as well? I'm here, Sean. Kevin's here. Okay, Kevin's here, right. So we'll all, Kevin, and I, I always mispronounce your name, Kevin, Siak. did I say it, Siak? That's right. 
Right. So we'll all be, you know, adding our, our part to the presentation over the next seven weeks. Um, Kevin is uh, more a guy narrating it. He's going to be admin guy. So if you have questions, they will probably go to Kevin first and hopefully they'll make it my way as well. So it's supposed to be a very interactive program. So, you know, feel free to raise your hand, ask questions and um, yeah, and get involved. So let's have some fun. Um, we can go to the second slide, Kevin, please. Okay, so for those that you don't know, the, the program is called Financially Clean. And what we teach is financial literacy with a focus, a strong focus on having a wealth mindset and creating generational wealth. So if your initial thoughts when you're hearing financial literacy that we're gonna teach you how to make a million dollars or how to get rich quick, this is not the program. This program is about wealth building and understanding your special skills that you are acquiring now in college and that you're going to acquire throughout your life and how to kind of leverage them and make them work for you and monetize those skills and also learn, understand credit because um, don't let anybody fool you right up to the president of this country. Those that have, those that have really made millions of, and, and, and created wealth for themselves and for their kids and grandchildren to follow has done it by leveraging credit. So if you are on the understanding that you can do have a cash and carry lifestyle, that's not the way to create wealth. So we're going to really let you understand how credit plays a role, how you can use your credit. And you may think, well, I don't have a lot of credit right now, but we're going to teach you how to grow that and how to leverage that. Um, and then we're also going to teach you about, so clean is an acronym. So the C stands for credit. The L stands for learning to live without. And that is really about if we teach you how credit is and the importance of credit and valuing credit, but we don't teach you to understand the difference between your wants and your needs and understanding, you know, how to build that, then it, it's kind of, it, it's kind of, it's a, it's a mute point. So learn to live without, we're going to talk about wants versus needs. So you really understand that and you really start to understand assets versus liability is you start understanding budgeting and you really get to know how to drive forward and creating wealth for yourself and for the loved ones around you. E is one of my favorite ones, it's education. So that means tying in education, the value of an education for those that think, oh, well, I'll just finish high school or maybe I'll just get an undergraduate degree or maybe I might go to graduate school or maybe I might even specialize and go to law school or become a doctor. We kind of like break down the value of an education, not from what you've probably traditionally heard where like, you know, go to school, get good grades, go to school, get good grades, go to school, get good grades, but you maybe not have been able to drive the financial freedom that an education can provide to you by, um, by furthering your education. So that's what we do with education. Uh, a is attention to detail. So this is a, a strong focus on your personal brand, like understanding your brand. Like you, your, I say it all the time, your first business is yourself. So understand that you are a business, your brand, your first, your last name, how you carry yourself, how you dress, how you communicate to people, that's all part of your brand. And that has a value. The better you do it, the stronger your value will be, all right? So the more you understand that every text you send out, every post you do through social media as a reflection of your brand, and it has a value, you know, not to make, you know, I hope I don't make a lot of um, comparisons to our president, but it's just really relevant. I mean, he leverages social media to create a brand for himself. 
you know, like love him or hate him, he's an excellent guy at creating a brand. <laughs> you know, and he drives his messages home through his social media and through his texts and through his tweets. He's, you know, they always say he's a king at marketing and it's all branding. And, you know, that's why he's able to spin anything because he's great at branding. So you kind of want to have those sets of skills where you're able to brand yourself and understand the importance of everything you send out and how you communicate to people. And then the last one is one of my favorite ones as well. It's really no shame in your game. And, you know, I, I have to admit now I'm past, I'm in the midlife point of life. So I am the adult now. So as the adult, um, I always believe adults are like dream killers in the sense that, you know, they're telling us what to do, what's the best thing to do, how to do it. And, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of that to a certain extent. I believe it's your life, your life choices, but just to have a plan that can support your life choices. For example, if you want to be a doctor, maybe consider not only having a practice, but owning the practice, but like having employees under the practice, having other doctors that are going to pay you to work out of your office and maybe even owning the building so you can drive your business or whatever. You're, if you want to be an artist, maybe opening up a studio, maybe supporting other artists. You know, I have an artist that I, he lives in South Africa and I, and I bought some, some artwork from him recently. And then I met this young artist who she's like 11 years old and she was featured on BBC and that's how I found her. And I bought a picture of, I bought a portrait from her to support her. And then I linked her up with the guy, the famous artist who's done work for Oprah Winfrey, who's been in, on the cover of Time Magazine. I connected them because I'm like, you know, you should bring her up as part of your portfolio of artists now so that you don't have to just paint to make money. You can have other people under you that are part of your, um, part of your team are the artists that you're now giving them the stage you're helping promote their brand while you're growing your brand at the same time and kind of that's the mindset like to be able to do what you want and understanding like the business behind it. I meet a lot of artists a lot of actors a lot of different people do different things and and they they fail to really try to understand the business of what you're doing because anything that you choose to do regardless of it you're you're doing a job that's the funnest job and it's just, it doesn't even feel like work there is a business behind that. And you have to understand the analytics, the variables that drive that business forward so you can succeed in it. So the point of it is not to tell you what to do. It's just trying to enlighten you on how to make it effective for you and how to really monetize whatever you choose to do in life, right? Um, next slide. Okay. We also thought we would discuss the elephant in the room in these current times and it's a big elephant it's a huge elephant it, it gives us very little no pun intended breathing space and it's covid covid the pandemic that we're currently in um we thought it wouldn't be fair to you to not discuss that and implications and kind of how you should be navigating around it and understanding it from like from a financial perspective and the impact it, it could have on you as as young people um and then we, I want to stress also the importance of, of time, right? So regardless of what we're going through, current events, things that are happening, your greatest asset is still time. And you still have to maximize that time and make that time work for you and understand that there's always opportunities happening. And this pandemic 
you know, I, I say it's a lot of out, out with the old and in with the new when it comes to business. A lot of new businesses are being created right now. A lot of opportunities. This is the first, this is the first time ever they've had so many people apply for a tax ID. I think in the United States, it's been like 3.1 million people have applied for a new tax ID number. And for, that, for those that understand what that means, is that if, when, you need to, when you want to start a business, you have to get a tax ID, like your social security number. Every business has one and every person has one as well. And it's really just a number that you report that, that the IRS provides to you so that when you file your taxes, it's a unique identifier for you. So by so many people applying for a tax ID for business, it shows that there's a lot of entrepreneurial spirit going on. And that is one thing I love about your generation. In my generation, it wasn't about, there wasn't the push to be entrepreneurs. It was a push to go find a great job and work for a great company. But your mindset um, is about being creative and about fi creating, finding things that you can, business that you can start. And I think that's excellent. I think that's why the world is moving so much faster in technology because your young minds are just thinking of how can we improve this? How can we make this process better? Where is there a need versus my generation? We are like, let's just go jump on this bandwagon and get paid a decent salary. Um, so, and then lastly, once, like I said, just to reiterate, it's about really creating a wealth mindset. So everybody, you know, those that are listening, just message me, let me know you're following me. You believe me because it's like, I always feel like I'm just talking into a screen and sometimes I just need that human interaction to know that, hey, everybody understands and I'm not going too fast. So am I going too fast? You're not going no. too fast, Sean. Yeah, you're fine. Not at all. Any questions to date so far? This is Jeff, by the way, we call him Mr. 850. Uh, does anybody under like there's a first question for the class? Does anybody know why we call Jeff Mr. 850? Yeah, yeah, okay, go ahead. Why do we call him Mr. 850? Say it, it Aria. Oh, um, does anyone else want to say it? I, I took I took the I took this before, that's why I oh. saw it. If, if anyone else knows, they're more than welcome to answer. Somebody said replied because of his credit score. Absolutely. So Jeff, yep. you want to give him a little background about yourself and why you're called Mr. 850? Okay, sure, Sean. Hi, everybody. Yes, I, I work with Sean. I volunteer with Financially Clean. I found out about them through their um, podcast that they have with Two Black Guys with Good Credit. And um, I've been with Sean now for over two years uh, doing classes and you know, I've seen the change he's created with people through his volunteering information. Um, I've been fortunate to discipline myself early on and understand how to utilize credit to my benefit instead of paying a bunch of interest to people who uh, just want me to have a, um, a lot of debt. So I've been able to consistently acquire lines of credit, but use it to enhance my business, which is real estate, and to continue to keep 99% of, of, if not all my debt paid off monthly. So I use many of the things you're gonna learn in the class as we go forward. And so far this year, I've pretty much kept my score at 850 um, throughout the whole year. And um, maybe later on, I may post that on Instagram through my website on my Instagram page, the show from January to all the way to uh, now, um, from last year, 
to um, show the emphasis of keeping your score high. Now, you don't need to have the highest score to get all the benefits. And a lot of this that I have is mainly for uh, bragging rights, as you say, but it does show up on people's faces when you make large purchases, such as cars or home loans, that you know they have an interpretation that your credit may not be that good because they they all walk, walk with these um, with these uh, ideas that because you are you know you're you're somebody um, of a certain persuasion that you may not have good credit, and it's really surprising the expression on their face when they see it. So yes, I've been fortunate and um, the platform Sean has has been a great platform for me to help Sean and uh, teach these um, individuals who want to learn how to have better credit, the different things and techniques they can use. So it just adds to the point of what I was mentioning earlier when it comes to attention to detail about branding. You know, and Jeff joined our team, seems ages ago, probably three years ago, you know, one of his uniqueness was that he had a perfect credit score. So, and so they don't know your credit score ranges get more into it. It ranges from 300 to 850. So I just thought that was so unique because I've never met anybody with a perfect credit score. And, you know, somebody from the African-American community to me was, which to me was, was, was great to exhibit to show that, Hey, we, people in our community have, have great credit. So I just felt it was a great way to brand him and so that when we start a class and people in the class, it grabs their attention and they look at it as someone that he's a trusted brand because he's proven that he has an 850 credit score. So you can go to him now and ask credit questions because he's a trusted brand based on what he's done and based on how we've branded him, right? So that's once again, an example of, of the importance of, of branding and how you perceive yourself to be. And, you know, like I tell, you know, what a lot of young people don't understand is like, Whatever you post out there has a potential to live forever. And so even when I represent myself in a social media setting, I always try to think, you know, if my great, great grandchildren read this, what will they think? You know, that's, that kind of makes me my decision on how I'm going to reflect and represent myself because the days of having a photo album, to look back at your grandparents or whatever, or old pictures, those are over your footprint in life and how you'll remember and what you do is by your social media. So you really have to be mindful of, you know, what you put out there and what you want to do, because it's hard. To, perception is hard to change. It's even sad for, I feel sorry for people that have even done. Sean, you need to, so I even feel sad for people that want to like, that change their lives that did something when they were young in the past, maybe something about a criminal activity. And now they're just trying to move past it. And sometimes that people will Google them and that will, that will be the first thing that will come up. So I just want you to, as young people to understand how important it is, because as much as I push it, I still see a lot of young people branding themselves in ways that I have to question it. You know, I have to question it. So um, let's go to the next, let's go to the, to the next um, slide, please. So I thought for those that, you know, for the, this is for um, just by, just by show of hands or just, I don't need to know your exact age group just to get an understanding. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of you are between the ages of 18 to 24. Yes. If you agree. Yes. No, if you don't. Yes. 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 Great. Yep. 
Yes. Yep. 17. Okay. Yep. Okay. So the reason why I'm asking that, because us older people on this phone, on this, on this call can like, can relate to past events similar to what's happening now with the pandemic. And I know if I was your age, I wouldn't have no point of reference. So it would, I would be in a position where I'm thinking like, oh my God, like the world is going to fall apart. And I'm not telling you that it isn't. Well, I'm not telling you that we're not in a serious time, but I always think it's, it's good to have a historical uh, reference or something to relate to a similar so that we can, um, so you can just get an, an, an overall perspective. All right. So I went back basically 20 years and just kind of told you some like the major financial event, major like world global events that happened and how like we went into, I wouldn't call it what a pandemic like situation, but we were, there was a crisis and what happened and just compare some similarities to you. So you can put things in perspective so you can understand, you know, how you need to think during these times. Okay. Because I'll tell you this, and this is a, a fact before I even start for those, the, the, People in down markets is when wealth is created. Wealth, you sell, you buy in a down market and you sell in an up market, right? So like people like Warren Buffett, you know, all the rich and rich people are looking to acquire things now. They're not sitting there nervous, waiting for things to catch up or go back to where they used to be. They're being very aggressive in these markets because what's happening is that everything is on sale right now. Like your education, people, parents, I don't know if you guys have done it, has called universities and colleges and said, you know what, you can't charge the same tuition anymore for my child to go to school there because you're not giving the same services. Just like with my credit card with American Express, I have an American Express Platinum card and the annual fee on that card is like $7.95. Last week they sent out an email saying that they're gonna take $200. It's mostly a, a travel card, it's used a lot for travel and obviously people can't travel. So they said they're giving us a $200 credit. So that reduces the rate to $5.95. They sent me a renewal yesterday email saying they're going to renew it. I called them and I said, I don't want to renew this card. And I know I'm in a position, I'm in a stronger position because I'm sure I'm not the only one calling because most people probably on this card can't travel anymore. I'm, I'm like, you know, I don't think I should pay this fee because a lot of the benefits that you offer, you can't provide because it's, we're in a time where people can't travel. And to make a long story short, they worked with me and as far as waiving part majority of that fee. And then they gave me a $20 credit towards Dell to balance it off, to try to show me that Sean, we're, we understand we, we can't provide the same service. So here's the sale discount that's going to happen. And these opportunities and business and education, and they're all out there for you. There's so many things that you can take advantage of in this current market. And it's for you to like, be aware of that. And one thing I always tell people, like, and it's, it's sold a lot in the public eye, like you'll see it, but the ones that are promoting it, it's not really happening. When people say that, oh, things are going to get back to normal or when things go back to normal. If you think like that, you're going to miss opportunities because nobody knows. And we, there's always going to be a moving forward new norm. Life continues to move forward. And you have to understand that even though you may think conceptually, everything around me is terrible. Terrible may present opportunities and you have to be mindful of that because 
the ones that don't get ahead are the ones just sitting, waiting for things to turn around, when, when, waiting for when school's going to go back to normal, waiting for when classes are going to go back, waiting for when we're not, I'm not going to have any more meetings, I'm not going to work good because I'm, I can't do the Zoom anymore. But this is the norm currently, and you have to adjust in order to excel so that when things go back to somewhat what you would want them to be or when you've adjusted the new norm, you're ready to excel. Does that make sense to everyone? Yes. All right. So to yeah. calm everybody down, I want to yeah. just now tell you what, like when I was your age, what I was like when my, when our big crisis pandemic like crisis happened for me, it was nine 11. I was in my early twenties and I was working on wall street. I was, I was actually in the building that connected to the world trade center. I was in the world financial center. And when the first plane hit, and I'm sure, I, hopefully everybody's aware of the terrorist attacks that happened on 9-11, 2001, right? When two planes hit the world trade and brought down the buildings. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So. Yes. Good. So when the, when the planes hit, I was actually coming off the train, heading, I had to get to my building. I had to walk through the World Trade Center and I would come through there. there. And for the first plane hit, um, on my way to work, I ran out the building and the disoriented and to make a long story short. Um, it was like my pandemic, my first one, like a major crisis, you know, the world, the world was paused, the whole, everybody was like, when I got home and I walked from downtown Brooklyn, everybody's in Brooklyn, I walked from downtown Brooklyn all the way, like close to Bed-Stuy. And it seemed like such a short walk. Cause I was like, I was in shock. And then when I got to the condo I was living at that time, all my emotions came down. I saw from my apartment window, I saw the buildings fall down. And I was in tears and I, I literally was glued to the TV. Now, I couldn't move from the couch for probably, it's felt like two days, but I'm sure it was about maybe 16 hours, you know? And just like now, what happened was we all had to work from home. The stock market was closed for a week, which is huge. We, we didn't, through this pandemic, they haven't quote unquote closed the market. You know, the Dow fell, which is, you guys know what that means. The market fell by 7%. And everybody thought this was like world ending. Like I didn't know I was working on Wall Street and we had to commute and work in New Jersey. And, you know, it was, everything was upside down. And I just thought like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Like, what, what, how are things going to change? Well, to let you know what happened was the government started spending. Okay. And if simple economics, when you put money out there, increasing a lot of spend, it stimulates the economy, Right. And what they were spending on was like warlike materials. They're they're preparing to go to war. Like what happened after 9-11, we started, we were looking for Al-Qaeda, for bin Laden. We invaded Iraq and all that stuff. And all that costs money. And government contracts come out. Like, like now, like instead of making PPP stuff, I was involved in making PPP stuff this summer. Like for, uh, instead of making masks and making gowns, they were making... There were contracts to build stuff related around war stuff. So people got involved in that. People started buying supplies. People started building. And it stimulated the economy. So by, by the end of 2001, the economy actually got better. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 
36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Right? And so what was happening, and despite the impact on like our psyche, which is a lot of what's happening right now, is like this psyche. We're like, we're so entrenched, and even including myself with like current news, what's gonna happen next? Elections, how many people are dying, and this and that. And we get caught up in the psyche, but the economy kept pumping because like I said earlier, those that know were taking advantage of a down economy. They were vying for contracts. They're looking at ways in which to provide warlike materials. They're educating themselves around um, opportunities that were presented in 2001. I was glued to the TV. You know, I was doing a little bit of work, but I was caught glued to the TV because this is my first quote unquote major pandemic. And I'm not understanding that the wealth mindset is looking for the opportunities that are happening right now and they're adjusting. So like I said, within that time, the market bounced back within a few months, everything was back to normal. Yes. We still show remembrance to what happened in nine 11. It's still an unfortunate event. It's still horrible. All those things, but things went back to normal and it actually started spurting the, the real estate markets, real estate. But when I started even buying more real estate after nine 11. So let's talk about then, um, 2008 global financial crisis. So far, am I going? Does anybody have any questions so far? No. No. Everybody's good. No, you're good. Yeah. No, I'm it's good. good. You're not yeah, falling asleep. Good. Wake up. Who's falling asleep? Nobody's falling asleep. Okay. So 2008. Now another huge crisis. This has to do with real estate right? The real estate um, crash. And basically, you know, to make it, to give it to you in a nutshell, everybody has their own version of of what happened, but it was a lot of excessive risk taking by banks. Um, The banks were taken on, even myself, I had like some creative mortgages back then that in these times, they don't make sense, but yeah. So basically what was happening is like banks were giving out mortgages to each and everyone. And a lot of them were balloon type mortgages, meaning that 
um, for the first five years, maybe seven years, you're paying a hundred dollars a month. But after five years, that payment would balloon to whatever the current market is or whatever, there'd be some interest rate where it would jump. So your hundred dollar a month payment could go to $500 a month. And people weren't really aware of that. They were getting sold by the banks and the brokers saying like, yeah, if you're, you're just paying a hundred dollars a month, a hundred dollars a month. And so one guy figured it out that all of these balloon payments, all of these change in mortgages are coming due around the same time, which would have been 2007 and 2008. So that people that, you know, most of the people were on a budget, like we're on fixed budgets, here's what our salaries, here's what we can afford. We're coming to a payment that they couldn't afford all around the same time. So that caused, uh, uh, that caused the market to drop significantly because people knew that these were all going to, and the, the trickling effect of people not making the mortgage payments goes right to Wall Street, goes right to the economy because these mortgages are backed by banks, they're backed by investors. So if they're not making those payments, it affects the investment, which affects the entire market, which why the crash happened in 2008. Make sense? Yeah. Okay, so when that happened, and I hope you understand the perspective of why I'm doing this, because it's really to forward to today's market so you can understand what's happening to today. Exactly. So, what, when, so, so when that happened, once again, the, the, the people went you know, crazy, the market's crashing, real estate prices are dropping, people are leaving apartment houses, everybody's scared, everybody's worried, but there were people once again, like Warren Buffett, because Detroit got hit very hard when this happened, all right? But Warren Buffett bought up a lot of downtown Detroit, and now it's like a rig tech area. So, you know, Florida got hit hard. New York, yeah, it hit a little bit, but for the most part, it, the investor looked at, okay, real, real estate prices are either now dropping significantly or they're kind of settling in, and it's a great time to buy, right? This recovery was a four-year recovery. So it took four years rather than a few months, but then the market recovered and it recovered very strong right up to currently where we are today. So um, Kevin, if you want to bring you the next slide, and sorry, Kevin or, 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 or Jeff, if you have anything to add, just let me know. You guys want to mm -hmm. chime in. Sure. Um, so where we are today, and we're still in it, so we don't know. I don't know. You know, I don't have a magic ball in front of me. If you want to know my personal opinion, I can give you my personal opinion on how I think things are going to play out. But, you know, I'm, sometimes I'm wrong more than I'm right, but I can tell you, but I can tell you what. I can tell you what's happening currently. The market is um had extreme. So, you know, when I when pandemic first began in March, we were had little signs of what was happening around the world, and you know, and and it took it tr took a little while to really hit the United States. How hard it hit us in in around in and around March, the pandemic hit, and sorry, and if we go back to two thousand eight. I should have mentioned part of the remedy was similar to what happened for 9-11. The government injected money into the economy, all right? The government gave out trillions of dollars in bailouts. When you, call, when you hear, everybody heard about where they bailed out the banks, they gave them so that they couldn't go under insurance companies. They gave money out again. Once putting money out stimulates the economy. So they encouraged people to spend. And so things wouldn't go under and the economy would be getting to continue to move forward in which it did. So if you look at the relationship between 9-11 and 2008, 
one of the big things to get us out of these crises is injecting money to people. Because, and when I say inject money, for us to spend, not really to save, because when you spend the money, it stimulates, it keeps businesses going, it keeps the demand going, and it keeps supply going so the economy can eventually find its way out, right? So now we'll go back to the, the, the pandemic slide. So what happened in March? So, and when I say the Dow dropping, this is a stock market, if you guys don't know, it went below 19,000 and it's, and it's more or less, it was at 29,000, I think hovering, right? Kevin, somewhere around there. And it dropped 10,000 points, which is an extremely high drop. And, and, and so what happened, the government said, we need to put a lid on this right away because we can't have the market keep faltering like this. So they injected money and we got it in the forms of, um, I don't know if you guys got unemployment, you got stimulus checks, small businesses got money as well. Everybody from um, different angles was getting money. I see all the questions that we're asking and I'm gonna try to get to them. Um, we'll leave some time for questioning at the end. I don't know if you guys prefer, I think in a Zoom format, it's better that we ask the questions towards the end versus in the middle. Um, tell me how you guys feel. Would you rather me stop and answer the question or would you rather me just continue? Continue. Okay. Um, continue. Right. Continue. Yeah. So then yes, continue. You, can send, you can send the questions and then Kevin, if you don't mind, can you just kind of pull them together or we'll try to we'll ask or answer as many as we can by the end of the class? Yep. Let's uh you got about five, seven minutes left. In the For, class, entire class, that's it? Two forty five, I think yeah. we're going to the breakouts. Oh wow. When you're having a good time, right? So we're at, um, we're at the two, 2020 in COVID pandemic. So what happened was just like, and people, government and agencies, they learn from past experience. And this is now getting to the point of, of young people to understand, like, there's been patterns and crises. So I'm not, I don't want you not to worry, but I don't want you to over worry where you're paralyzed. That's the whole point of what I'm, I'm trying to show you here. So what did the government do? They injected money into the economy in many different ways. Like I said, through unemployment, through small business loans, through government, through, um, through stimulus checks. And it was all in an effort to keep the economy moving. And for the most part, it, 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 it has kept moving. Like we're still going out to eat at restaurants. We're still, the malls still have people shopping. You know, they're saying one in five businesses have closed down a small business, which is unfortunate, but you know, that still creates opportunities to find ways in which you can now find a need in this market. But I would give the, I would give, the government credit in the sense that we have not we're, the, the economy is still moving forward to the point that the the dow has gotten up to itself the, the loss that we had in march it's now wiped out all right <clears throat> so i say this all to say is that during this time in this covid time you need to monitor what's happening but you need to continue to move forward and understand there's you know businesses that are excelling right now like Home Depot, like do-it-yourself business, fix-it-yourself, people are doing that. You know, um, people buying beauty supplies for themselves, like anything like where you can do it at yourself and at home is excelling. Zoom stock if, if went up, I think 800%, what we're on right now, because think about it, the whole world now is having Zoom meetings. So that, that's gone up. So anything based around video conferencing, those kind of things have gone up. For those like my kids that love to play video games, that, those those markets are huge and i always say you know if you're spending hours playing video games why not be part of that 
um, industry and learn, you know, find a way in which maybe to create games and work in that industry. That area has gone up, has driven up, you know, bicycles. I don't know if anybody guys, you guys are New Yorkers. Some of you guys must be bikers. You're, there's a, like a two month waiting list just to get a bike. You know, people bike repair shops. They're like, you have to wait days to just bring in your bike to get it tuned up. All those are industries that, that have grown during this pandemic time, right? Um, next slide. So now to financial literacy. Now that you've gotten a little background on where we are and what's happening today, and hopefully that's encouraging you to understand that, hey, we're gonna, we're gonna get past this. It's just a matter of when. Um, do I believe it'll be years, my simple analysis? No, I don't believe it'll be years. I think it's gonna come faster than you think, you know, and you know, just quickly, if you look at like Johnson and Johnson, Pfizer, all the big pharmaceutical companies, if you read, if you research about them, they're all saying they're on the brink of finding a cure for the vaccine. And so once the cure and, 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 they, and it passes, then maybe to me that will be, and this is my humble opinion, that if, they, if the cure does come in the, within the next few months, then I think COVID will be like, we'll be, be able to be managed properly and we'll, and we'll, we'll thrive again. So I just think during the next few months, maybe to a year, you want to be in a position that um, when this is controlled, and I still think there'll be a new norm. I don't think even if they do have a vaccine, I don't think masks are going away anytime soon. And if you look at the big chains now, people are making masks as part of their line, their fashion line. You see commercials about masks. I think masks will stay for a while, and rightfully so. But I think we will we'll find a new norm and we'll continue to thrive. Can so, I jump in real quick, Sean? No. I just mentioned that um, sure. many of us, as we look at the opportunities that we see, some of us um, are able to take advantage of it and some of us aren't. What do we actually control about ourselves that we can put to use now? What can we improve on about ourselves that we can put to use or make better? One of my issues was my Airbnbs went down to zero tenancy. So I switched over to preferring to try to pull in doctors, which I was very successful at doing. At the same time, those that stayed with me, I wanted to reach the level of super host. So when people look for places to stay during a pandemic, they want to stay with a, with a host who's doing the very best they can to make them feel protected. So once, my, my, once I became a super host, which was something, it was just about making sure my place was not only clean, but I had signs, I had disinfectants, I put everything in position so people felt safe. I had, now I had a lot more people coming to me or trying to position themselves to stay. So, you know, as individuals, we all have things we can do. And, and as you go through this pandemic, this is history you're experiencing at a young age. Something else may come years from now, now you know the market may go down and will we'll rebound as you see in real time. And what Sean is trying to share with you is that you have to learn from these experiences as you go forward. So, you know, we all have things we can control. Right. And, and don't let it Okay, thank you. Exactly. And don't let it paralyze you. Allowing it to paralyze you is when it's winning. Continue to further your education. If you're someone that's saying, well, I'm just not taking as many courses because I don't like this Zoom thing. You have to, you have to, uh, people that survive and make it, adapt and conquer, adapt and move, adapt and move. You know, you gotta be, you gotta adapt to whatever the environment is. So if you're not a fan of Zoom, 
You got to become a fan of Zoom. I'm not a personal fan of Zoom. You know, when I first did these, we started our first COVID course in April and I was in something I was looking forward to doing on Zoom versus doing it in front of people because I just love the human interaction. But we had to adapt and it was successful. So you have to understand, like, you have to continue to adapt and evolve because once we said, like I said in the beginning, what is your greatest asset? Please, somebody tell me what I said your greatest asset is. Yourself. 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 <laughs> right. Your brand and time, correct? And time, exactly. Every exactly. minute that goes by is a time that you could take advantage of. Time, exactly. Time. You can, as I mentioned earlier, um, Warren Buffett, He's 89 years old. He would give up all of his billions of dollars to be your age. I'm 20 years older than you. I would be a homeless guy in a shelter to be 20 again. Time is your greatest asset. Time. And when you're young, you don't realize how important that time is. Because life will go by and you'll be in and you hear people talking about reminiscing of I remember when I remember when I wish I could have I wish I could have time is your if you didn't learn anything today value your time value it be selfish with your time because it, everybody else would want your time and as so, you go through this class with Sean I would just emphasize that you know each of you who are tuning in you already show that you want to be self-sufficient. You want to be able to make things happen and you don't want to wait for things to happen. All right. And, and that in itself exactly. speaks volume about who you are. Each of you who are listening today, it speaks volume that you're not waiters. Okay. You're going to, you're going to make your life change through, you know, the differences of, of how you think and how you utilize your time and manage your time, no matter what aspect or where your feet land. My feet have landed as, as a, as a maintenance man, I've been a maintenance man, a cab driver, bus driver, all right? Didn't stop me from making enough money to be free. Only thing that would have stopped me from making enough money to be free is the way I think and how I act on what I have or as the money that comes through my hand. So with this class that we're sharing with you, we're going to share those things so you can continue. And with Sean's, you know, courses that Financially Clean gives you, these, these things will help utilize your credit. It will help utilize your education and all the other aspects of the course. Exactly. So let me get into financial literacy and give you the, just the raw definition of it. Financial literacy is a possession of a set of skills and knowledge that allows an individual to make informed and effective decisions with all of their financial resources. The goal is to ensure that you change the way you think about money by allowing money to assist you in achieving your life goals and choosing the way you choose to live. Now you'll notice these pictures. These pictures are the way I choose to live, right? And I'm allowing my investments, financial literacy to drive that. For example, you know, I, you see the pool, those are my nephews and nieces and my kids, uh, the pool at my house in Barbados, financial literacy, Buying a building with five tenants, paying the rent there in Barbados helped support, gave me the money to be able to buy the pool. The brownstone with the doors, with the, with the, you see the steps in front of the brown, that's my house. And I always wanted the luxury of being able to sit on the steps of my brownstone. But it also allows me to teach you young people, what the other pictures are, to teach kids what I've learned. And that's part of my financial literacy is to teach, right? And then it's also, you know, I believe in wellness and health. So that's the yoga, that's the CrossFit. 
to be able to so financial literacy allows me to support those things as well to to give me the lifestyle that I choose to live and the whole part of this program is that you put your set of pictures or set of vision board that you want and allow financial literacy to create the life that you yourself choose to live now this is my life how I choose to live figure out your vision and how you choose to live so with that being said I don't think we have time but I want you to write down your life goals. Write down what your goals are and we'll take it from there in the next class and start with credit and kind of go through some of the goals that you have so we can start tying it into um, financial literacy. Does that make sense? Hey, Sean, do you want to get to some of the questions before we close? Yes, let's get to some of the questions. We have like, how much time do we have for the questions, Kevin? Uh, five minutes. Five minutes worth of questions. Do you have them out, Kevin? Do you have the yeah. Why don't we start? So here's Go a ahead. question from Leticia. Um, any advice for those of us who are starting later in life? I think there's there's no there's no time not to start. I I always say that you know there's no opportune time when and when not to start, and you it's not good to look back and say I should have when. It's just about doing it now, because you can and. And, and part of, I think, uh, financial literacy is creating generational wealth. So even if you don't finish the set plan, you can pass it on. You know, I myself is a perfect example. Like, I'm hoping with my kids that I'm able to start something for them and they'll be able to continue what I started. So even if you don't think about yourself, think about the following generation of what foundation you can lay for them and what teachings along the way you can teach them so that they will be that much further. And, your, and the next generation have to be your kids, it could be your niece, it could be your neighbor, it could be just the next generation. And even when I teach this also, program, I, I make the effort. Sorry, Jeff, go ahead. Also, if, you, if you're starting later on in life, the best way to motivate yourself is to see others who have achieved things who are older than you, started later than you. So go on YouTube, go on Google. Google people who made money after or started after they were 60 after they were in their 50s. You know, I don't know what age you're starting at, but you know what? It's never too late to change. It's never too late to start. And the best, my encouragement would be to look at those who started a little older than you and say, hey, if they can change, if they can take their idea and run with it, then there's nothing really holding me back but me starting to just look at the way I think and change that. Once you make your adjustment in your thinking, then a lot of things will adjust for your life. Hope that helps. Next question. Here's a question. Uh, what do you think about uh, companies, large banks committing money to close the racial wealth gap? Do you have any insight into, uh, into how to take advantage of that opportunity? Say it one more time, sorry, say it one more time. So for example, JP Morgan has committed 30 billion to close the American racial wealth gap. Do you have any insight into how to take advantage of that kind of opportunity? I would say go to your local bank, look online, there are, even with myself, like, you know, our program, Financially Clean, since now the pandemic, we've got, we've had more interest because people, companies have a lot, they're, they're looking to bring, put a lot, invest a lot of money into people of color and they recognize that it's an underserved market. So I'm seeing the opportunities come my way. And if you do a little detective work, do a little, Google is your friend, not your enemy. You Google things and you, you speak to people in your, within your network, like once it gets, even gets back to social media, like 
your network and your social media is so powerful and it, it, it's a disservice it, service if you're just using it just to talk about your day and, 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 show, and show what you're doing in the morning. Use it as a network of contacts that you can leverage. And when these questions, and I see smart people do it, hey, I'm looking for this. Hey, I'm looking for that. And you know anybody? And they put it out there in their social media and they get a response. So I would say just work within your circle because this is trending right now, you know, looking, helping people of color. Next. Um, okay, any advice on starting a 501c3? Is that a good thing to do right now? So we, I, obviously this is a nonprofit, we're a registered 501c3. And you know, and that's, that's just a very broad question because I don't know the specifics of what your 501c3 is going to be. You know, if it's a nonprofit that does, it's not relevant to what's happening in today's market, unless you can see something, unless you are a visionary, you can see like, even if it's not relevant today, I think it'll be relevant tomorrow, then I would say yes. But I would say, you know, business is simple in a sense. You, when you start up a business, and we just interviewed somebody on my podcast, Two Black Guys with the Credit, it's like you're analyzing the risk associated with starting this business. So you're looking at what is the risk to enter this market and who am I going to serve? If you can't see who you're going to serve. And if there's not a population for who you're serving, you may not be thinking of the right business or if it's very finite, if it's very niche, then it, 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 some niche markets are sometimes very difficult to service and it's very difficult to find a profit in them. You have to be skilled at it. So if it's a niche market and it's very finite, I would say maybe think on a broader scope or maybe, you know, work for a, a nonprofit. I'm always saying, you know, there's a, there's a cost to learning. And I would say, if you're looking to start a 501c and there's other 501c's doing something similar to what you want to do, I would say work for them, even on a volunteer basis for a couple months and see how that model works, see how it's successful, and then find your way and see if there's something I can do or there's something I can add value or I mean, I, do I believe I can start a 501c in this same type of direction. Okay, I think, we, uh, think that's it for now. That's it. Well, thank you, everybody. By show of hands, please tell me. If, and I, I, I'm very, I'm okay with constructive criticism. So, you know, it just makes my, us better and, and get better. So please let me know, you know, by show of hands, a wave, the thumbs up, the smiley face, and thumbs down, whether you thought today was good. And, um, yeah. Hello, are you still there? People still there? We're still here. Okay, amazing. You did good. Thank you. Today was great. Good, great job. Okay, good. Okay. Good. Thank you. All right. Well, thank you guys um, for um, Good Shepherd. We're going to continue. Um, we, I think Ben, you sent out the link to everybody, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm texting everybody again if you don't have it, but go back oh, to Oh, the name of the now. podcast, if you guys want to listen, it's Two Black Guys with Good Credit, and we're going to upload this show, this class, onto the podcast for those that have missed it. I'm going to upload it. It should be on by 6, 7 o'clock. Just go to Two Black Guys with Good Credit and, uh, and look in our, our, our category of podcast, and you'll see the show there for you to listen to again or share it with your friends. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.